podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast. Who knows what episode it is, but I am still broadcasting to you from my house in a field in beautiful rural Ireland. My name is still Trev Downey and I'm still joined by Lisa Marie Hanahan and Cam Branch for this ramble through Liverpool chat that we like to do on a weekly basis for you. And the guys have something as per usual by way of an intro, as do I, but let's not just sort of try to sneak past the elephant in the room and let's let's acknowledge that um, step one of the grand scheme, which is the four trophy reds, has been achieved and we have a trophy. And whether the rest of it pans out or not, that's a lovely, lovely, lovely little ball of joy, a topic we spoke about on the last show for us all to revel in. And I'm just going to get a sentence or two because it's going to be the main topic for our chat today. I don't see how it can't be how it can be anything else. But I just want to get a sentence or two in terms of a little bit of feedback. Because um, Lisa Marie, I do believe I saw you tweet that that's your first one to see live, a first trophy win, lift, final, all of that successful to see live. And if that's the case, I'm afraid you are now stuck forever having to watch all Liverpool finals. And what a start it was for you. I mean, talk about drama. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Yes, this is the first time for me to watch the game or watch the match, final match live. Um, And I may have picked up a couple gray hairs along the way. I know I have bloody cuticles from where I was picking them. Um, Mm. But yes, I mean, all the drama, all the excitement um, and all the joy in the wind. So it was, it was great. I'm, I'm very glad that I rearranged my Sunday to be able to, to watch it live and in real time. And while I was wondering why I was torturing myself at one point, I, in the, in the end, I'm glad that I did. You see, that's it. And that's the question I want to get to real quick. Like I said, just a couple of things from each of you. That was the conundrum we were battling with. And I'm going to start, ask Cam the same question. Uh, on the show last week and we were both trying to lean towards the idea that like you gotta knock fun out of football it's not that cam wasn't saying you do but he was being more realistic and saying like what you enjoy is you get the result and that's when you enjoy um that was a pretty perfect example of it except was it because it was a massively enjoyable game really exciting we got to see our lads do really well we got to see uh, a very dangerous opposition get thwarted again and again um we had the VAR drama, we had all the rest of it. And then you have this, you know, incredible psychodrama that is penalties and the way in which it panned out. So 
where are you any clearer after that on where you stand in the whole thing? Because I think it just made things more confusing for me. I don't know if I enjoyed the game is my point. I certainly enjoyed the celebrations. Um, I think on the balance of things, I I did. <laughs> I have to tell you, in some ways, I enjoyed it more. Um, OK, so when I when I was first first watching it, none of the family was home. So I was home by myself watching it. And about halfway through extra time, they all got home. So I kind of had them underfoot and they were driving me crazy. So (laughs) I think I enjoyed it a little bit more just because my oldest son was just highly amused at how into the whole experience that I was. And as I'm, you know, yelling at the TV and not yelling, but, you know, just was just so stressed and frustrated. He he was finding great amusement in that. So I was, you know, the the <laughs> the next step might be that I just go, you know, take myself somewhere else to watch it where I will not be um bothered by the family. So I believe I believe that is absolutely the true evolution of the football supporter. You can't support your family. Or, it's just, or I will go up I mean I could have come up to my office um yeah. to watch because I've you gotta got to do this. Here, but, you gotta do but, that. you know it was so we were at such a point where I didn't want to have to leave to come up here and, you know, get the TV on and get connected to the, you know, where it was on ESPN and the whole bit. I mean, I could have missed sure, something sure, just sure, crucial. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but look, also, in hindsight, you probably should have done that lesson learned because <laughs> I know I have to. And it was really interesting. Uh, Cam, I'll bring you in on this. Uh, it was really interesting. I wouldn't mind getting your take on this. Um, I'll be on the spot during the week. I was trying to get a feel for how Jan might watch a game, you know. It was ahead of uh, the final, was it? No, it wasn't. No, it was after the final. Uh, it was a Monday. And I was just trying to get a feel for how would, what, is, what, is, what does Jan do when he's not on duty? Because he's normally working games for TV or whatever. Uh, and I was trying to get, like, is he, a, is, he, is he a shouter at the TV? But it turns out he's a bit like, a bit like uh, myself and a bit like I'm advising Lisa Marie, like likes to be on his own in the living room or whatever, just taking the game in, swearing occasionally to himself quite low and maybe, maybe sit up or stand up occasionally, but nothing too dramatic, which is the way I tend to be a, a, a button down, but, but, but also quite expressive. I have seen you because I think you've supplied us with footage watching matches and I don't think you totally isolate yourself do you you kind of I know I know it's not none of your family are necessarily that interested but you don't completely seal yourself off do you when you're watching the game um depends which room I'm watching the match in um there's a video of me floating around somewhere um I didn't realize my daughter was recording me I was uh oh it's tremendous man it's one of the best things I've ever seen where I was literally like four foot away from the TV on my knees, banging the floor in with my clenched fists in frustration. Um, I think it was a Liverpool United game. Um, and, you know, I was totally consumed by what was going on, you know, in the screen. And it was like I almost felt I was in the stadium. But I'm, I'm different in the stadium to what I am at home. Nice segue because you were in the stadium and that's what we want to get uh, uh, lots of details about that from you. But in case people who are listening didn't know, Cam was actually at 
the final. So we do have a nice little angle on it there in that regard. And the overall experience, man, of the, of the day um, in terms of, 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 of just your pure football uh, experience, uh, would you would you say that that was an enjoyable game to be at or was it just true to your uh, philosophy from last week enjoyable when the trophy was being raised um actually it was as nil nil goes it's probably one of the best nil nils i've ever seen mm. um you know it was when chelsea opened up a bit it became a really it felt like a really good end to end game um, I don't know how that was perceived uh, by the viewers at home as such, but for us in the stadium, it was you know like they they seem to be they second half they seem to attack a lot more. First time we were, I felt after ten fifteen minutes we we finally got a bit of control in the game, and we were by far the better team in the in the first half. And um, you know the the fans were the fans were awesome. Liverpool fans were brilliant. I, I, honestly, Chelsea fans, you, um, not that any of them be listening, but I thought they were poor in their support, to be honest. I didn't think, you know, they really made a lot of noise. The best thing they did was they start singing their shitty version of the Stevie G song. And oh, then so we, just out, we just outsang them. We just drowned yeah. them out. And then they didn't know what to do after that. You know, and they, they tried it a couple of times and it's just, yeah, you know, we've got we've actually got the real words, and it will drown you out because we know how to sing. You know that they truly plastic fans had all their plastic flags there before the game, you know, and um, we're like, what the hell, man? Seriously, it's it's the League Cup final, and you brought your plastic flags with you, or the Chelsea Club of Aspirants to be put, you know, Football Club of Aspirants to be put out. It was pathetic. I mean, um, yeah, Chelsea, but the game as a whole, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I must admit. I mean, obviously, it's it's easy to say that now because you know with the trophy lift and everything, and that's what we were there for. I mean, it could have been the most boring nil nil for all I care. Um, ultimately, because I just want that trophy. Yeah, the final well, doesn't matter what the game is like as long as you come no. back with the trophy. And let's 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 get more and more of that from you as we go but just one thing from my own curiosity because one of the big takeaways for me was that uh, Jimmy Miller was uh, organizing uh, things at the end there and we got to take the penalties in front of our lot which Mm -hmm. I thought was tremendous I'm wondering were you in there or were you somewhere kind of more neutral in the middle and one that stands either side or where exactly were you Um, okay so we were opposite the dugout Okay. Okay. We were right on the byline. Okay. Uh, the, yeah, right on the byline. So uh, that must have been quite difficult to view penalties from, was it? Um. Well, we're we're watching it as as a from a. So we're on when I say we're on the byline, I mean yeah. as in uh, the touchline. So we're in line with the goal. So I'm looking across the goal. Oh, sorry, you're at that. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, yes. no, I, I, you're actually, that's just my misunderstanding. Yeah, yeah. Do you know sorry. why? What do you know why that is? Because the two times I've been in that stadium, I was yeah. actually down on the touchline, and I was just thinking, okay, so you were right up in the corner. As no, 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 no. So imagine I'm looking across the goalpost and the yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So a, we're we're second tier up, about seven rows from the front. Um, so I, I, nice at, the, at the goal in question, the goal in which the penalties, yeah, yeah, we're in the Liverpool. Oh, so oh, that man. half of the stadium, um, was so basically 
it was it was split in two halves. You know, the yeah. Chelsea Chelsea fans were to our right. Uh, the Liverpool fans, we were, like I said, we were in amongst all the Liverpool fans. Um, and um, so all the penalties were right in front of us. Obviously, when Virgil took his penalty, we didn't realise Kepa was stood a, a yard and a half closer to us. When, uh, you know, and, and that was, and then, you know, you, you we, we actually saw the way uh, Virgil looked around. And I, I also noticed the way uh, Mo Salah turned around and just sort of laughed at Kepa as well. After his mm-hmm. penalty, and I just thought that was glorious. Um, it was, yeah, the penalty ex- was something else. I mean, uh, when we get to it, I'll, I'll tell you a little story about um, uh, something I said on about the eighth or ninth penalty. That, that'd be a good one. Look for forward it. to look forward to it. And listen, folks, in case you're expecting. Um, that you know, there's going to be a wide variety of topics in the show. There really is only one show in town um, for this show. We get, we usually have um, two or three things that we try to get through in the 50 odd minutes that we're actually chatting in the middle of the show. And honestly, we're to the pin of our collar to discuss two topics. So if we get to talk about West Ham at all, I'd be amazed. But basically, that's what the gist of the show is going to be. But um, we had that unusual opening because it's an unusual podcast, an unusual day, uh, because, like I say, we have a, a trophy in the book, uh, in the in the banks. And I'd like to I'd like to just acknowledge that by doing something a little bit different. But I do want to stick to the formula as well, because we always begin with something non footy or footy adjacent. And I just couldn't let this pass when I saw it during the week. I was watching, I've, and Cam will know because I've played um, this guy on the show before. There's a very well-known Irish stand-up uh, comedian called Tommy Tiernan. Um, hmm. And he's very, very good. Uh, Tommy is now quite the prolific podcaster along with his pal Hector. And Tommy and Hector are both from my town and went to the same school as me a couple of years before me. Um, and this little extract is from years back, probably 15 years, maybe more, where Tommy was really in his pomp as a stand-up going around doing, you know, constantly gigging and all the rest of it. He's a little bit more kind of semi-retirement now, doing acting and doing the podcasting, and he does he does less touring. Um, but this is him talking about his secondary school experience, which was my secondary school experience, not just Irish, not just the same town, but the same school. And I thought it might be give you guys a kick, uh, especially given the fact that now I am, you know, as reasonably well known um, in this parish, uh, one of the people who supplies the education to the individuals uh, in secondary school that are going to be talked about here. So I wanted to give you a little uh, sort of flavour of for about two minutes of what it was the school system as it was when I came up through it you know we now you know me speaking as a as someone who does that professionally as an educator teacher we're very 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 it's all about pastoral care it's all about uh equality of opportunity it's all about um equality of attainment and making sure that kids are not left behind and all this type of thing it was a harsher environment uh, in the mid eighties. Uh, here's here's how it went. It is up in secondary school. They decided. 
that it was dangerous to let tick fuckers be in the same room as clever fuckers. <laughs> in primary school, all you had to have done was lived a certain amount of days that you could get into the class. Secondary school, they made you do an entrance exam. Five different classes. I went to St. Patrick's Classical School in Navan. Five different classes. A1, A2, A3, B1. And then the Lord of mercy on the brains of the faithful departed. <laughs> Not even a fucking vitamin. <laughs> B2. A1 and A2, they were kind of the same. That's where I was. They were for fellas who were either clever or good looking. <laughs> I'm still hovering between the two. <laughs> Haven't made me mind up yet. We studied stuff like art, drama, and music. A3. That was for kids who had the art bet out of them. Clever but no flair. Kids who are going to go into business. Business. <laughs> they studied stuff like accountancy, commerce, business organization. <laughs> and they called it Bizarre. <laughs> Are you going to Bizarre? Fucking Klingons with school bags. Bizarre. Here, part of the school had no windows. Just photographs of money from all over the world. <laughs> B1 and B2. Those fuckers were only in school because that's where the bus stopped. <laughs> it goes on. And the B1 and B2 lads get a bit of dog's abuse. I would recommend you looking that up if you want to. Yeah, and for the record, yes, I was in A1. Just so you know. Uh, <laughs> I, I was going to ask. I knew Cam was desperately, desperately hoping that I'd be uh, a bizarre merchant, but I wasn't the last. <laughs> not for me, not for me. Um, that's my little bit of introduction to the show. Cam, what have you got for us to start? Um, you said they're from your town in Ireland. Don't you mean, uh, I mean you're the king of the Republic of Ireland, aren't you? You're the king of air. So, um, you know, that's that's a big town, isn't it? Uh, I'm, I'm afraid you're confusing me with your Gibbs. Uh, I, I I have no ah, uh, no on. title. I I, well, I live I live in the home of proper monarchs, not the uh, British lizard <laughs> variety. Um, the German um, half breed uh, crossbred variety. No 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 lizards here. Uh, I live literally. Five minutes drive from Tara, which is the ancient home of the High Kings of Ireland, and they they predate the Windsors by quite a fucking merry amount. Um, so yeah, I, I do have a tie to royalty in that the county I'm from is called the Royal County, yeah. but unlike Gibbo, unlike Gibbo, I am not a monarch myself. I simply uh, reside in the county of monarchs. So, alas, Cam, no, no. I, I wish I was. I, I, if I was, I would, I would, I would dub you, sir, Cam, of something or other. But I'm afraid I'm not. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not going to stop you doing that anyway. No, I know. Um, <laughs> his field is the whole country, people. So anyway, um, right. My little quote. Um, this is in honour of uh, somebody who's unfortunately passed away. Um, one of my idols, 
um, since he burst onto the scene. Um, this guy mesmerised me with everything he did with a cricket ball. Going slightly off topic uh, for a football podcast, but this little quote sort of, I think, sums him up perfectly. And most people will have guessed because I'll know which cricket player just passed away, and that's Shane Warne. So this quote is, I still eat pizzas. I still like pies. I still have spaghetti hoops for breakfast. But it's in moderation now. <laughs> that's actually great. <laughs> uh, I spaghetti hoops in moderation. That's all I'm thinking now. Uh, you know, it's a long time a long, long time since I had spaghetti hoops. Or you remember we used to, the, when we were, when we were nippers, uh, certainly in this part of the world. I don't know what it was like in um, uh, stateside, at least Marie, but we had uh, the little spaghetti alphabet. I knew you were going to say that, right? Oh yes, yes. You'd be spelling out words. <laughs> yeah. With, oh my god. Glorious. Memories, memories. Yeah, uh, that's great. Thanks for that, Cam. And yeah, I'm sure an, an awful lot of people will echo the sentiments with regards to Shane Warne. Um, as a, an Irish man and a non-cricket fan, all I'd say is I was mightily aware of the fact that of who he was and the fact that he was wonderful at what he did. So that, that says a lot, then, doesn't that, it? That in and of itself, I think, is 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 quite quite uh, telling. Um, yeah. Lisa Marie, what have you got to start us off with? Just a quote. Um, and it's. I don't know. It's it's kind of a general quote, but I just ran across it um, and it just sort of struck me. Success is no accident. It is hard work, perseverance, learning, studying, sacrifice, and most of all, love of what you are doing or learning to do. Can we put that in context and start our football chat? Because it was on the last show that we spoke about all the finals that poor Kloppo had lost. And we had spoken about how we had feared that this was something that was just going to haunt him. And then all of a sudden it came to a real peak uh, with the defeat by Real Madrid and Pearl Carius and all the rest of it and Mo getting crocked at the start. And it was miserable. But then the, climb back came and the comeback came and the trophy big two big trophies started coming in and then two more lesser trophies came in and now another trophy has come in and I'm wondering because of that quote you know that quote suggests yeah you got to do the practice you got to do the endurance you got to just keep going and love what you're doing and you never ever doubt that about Jurgen um you really don't he might he's often pissed off about things in general but you never doubt that he's tremendously enthusiastic about what he does and i would say the same about this particular squad and i know it's going to sound one-eyed and maybe if there was a leeds fan or a or a, a neverton fan probably or a united fan listening to this they might be reaching for the sick bucket but i honestly couldn't give a shit because i really believe that about our squad of footballers as well in a way that i don't see replicated uh necessarily in other squads and i'm wondering would you buy into that is that and is that kind of what why that quote took you this week it is um it, it kind of spoke to me on a personal level as well as i'm having sort of a personal career crisis right now but we won't get into that um 
So it, it sort of struck me on both counts. Uh, yeah, because I I do I agree with what you're what you're saying. You you can't help even last year, you know, in in the dark days, which I mean we're literally as we called them literally about a year ago. I mean you could still see that within the team, you know, within Klopp, with you know, with the players that it was a struggle, but you know. They knew that if they just kept kind of putting one foot in front of the other, it was going to come right, um, you know, in some way, shape or form. So, yeah, so it did. Strike. By the way, um, ironically, that was said by Pele. Ah, OK, nice. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. Actually, that's a perfect tie in. Um, and, you know, yeah, it's interesting. You know, um, you talk about the, those that, that period, dark days. I think we referenced it on the last show as well. And, I think just for the record, in case you didn't hear that last show, I, I, I just always go out of my way to say that that's actually one of the biggest achievements um, that Liverpool have had in my time watching was getting that Champions League spot, not just getting fourth, but getting third uh, on the back of that run with that particular set of individuals, with the grit that they showed, the determination that they showed and all those other uh, buzzword Brendan Rodgers things, but along with then the flair of our uh, super attacking uh, talent as well. Um, I couldn't tell you, Cam, uh, how much I enjoyed that. It was it, uh, it's bore, it was borderline miraculous given where we were and given the scenario that we had in terms of squad depletion. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's it's it, it, it's ranks right up there. I think Klapo said something similar really as well. I mean, he said, yeah, okay, league, Champions League, um, but. Uh, and then the league cup, but then the next one would be uh, that that third place uh, before I- I the World Cup or the European, uh, the, the the Super Cup or whatever, because it was right. just such a it it was it it meant so much. It was such a significant achievement in in as Lisa Marie says, a but comparatively dark season. But now we're back to a different ball game, and I've heard a lot of joy sappers coming out, and I understand. Do you know what, man? I I partially understand that, and I don't want to sound like I'm down on them because I'm not. You know, you you support whatever way you want to support, and you you feel whatever you want to feel. But I've seen a lot of people coming out with this. Stop all this shit talk about four trophies. Like, I mean, you know, uh, this is this needs to be binned off. This is let's just you know whatever, and it just. I want to be excited by this team and I want to let them uh, make me think that it's possible. And I will bow to fucking nobody in that cam. Uh, and, and, and as our resident cautious man, do you see where I'm coming from with that? Like, I do understand the impulse towards caution, but I want to enjoy the possibility that it could happen until yeah. it can't, you know? Yeah, of course. And, and why would you? I mean, every year is uh, for the last five or six years, it's always been about Man City going to do the quadruple. It's our turn now. Yeah. We're going to do the quadruple. So embrace it, enjoy it, live it, breathe it, run with it. And, you know, let's see where let's see where it takes us, because at the end of the day, we're here for the ride. We're here for the ride. And you've got to you've got to be a part of it. You've got to let it embrace you, engulf you. And, you know, really become part of it. Players will be thinking it. They're thinking now we can win every single game this season that we play. That's the mindset now that they're getting to. Yes, we suddenly had a couple of players 
drop out through injury again, you know, and that's always frustrating and annoying. But we do actually have quite good squad depth, which is which is nice. And you know, we we touched on that uh, a couple of times now. You know, just with that one signing of Diaz, just made a huge difference. Made a huge huge difference. That guy's a baller, man. He's such a baller. Um, and this this notion that we we're going to win all four trophies or we're not going to win all four trophies. You, you you handle that whichever way you want to handle it. You know, I, I, I for one, will will go with the ride that, yeah, we're going to win four trophies. Do I think we're likely to? The odds are probably more against, and, against us than they are for us. Well, that's so, it. Nobody's likely to do that. Likely yeah. doesn't come into it. It's just, yeah. man, it's possible. So It's possible. Know, so yeah. go with it. When it's not possible, it's possible it's until it isn't possible. Yeah, I mean that's exactly it. Impossible or is I'm possible? Which way do you want to do it? <laughs> oh, you see, oh. the second one makes no grammatical sense. But you know, I hear where you're going. <laughs> All right, Professor Downey. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm possible. Cam there talking about his own existential nature. I am possible, says Cam. Yeah. Uh, well, no, no, Cam, you are. Um, so. And and so if I am, <laughs> therefore, therefore, <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Again, uh, apologies to all philosophy students listening to the I podcast. Don't care. Bring it on, people. We're <laughs> <laughs> still going for four trophies. What's more important, my grammatical sense or the four trophies? Exactly. All those uh, uh, Chelsea uh, supporting, uh, Man City supporting philosophy students, uh, basically up yours. Uh, so we've got uh, we've we've got this uh, lovely start and you are in a better position than myself or Lisa Marie to talk about a lot of different aspects of it being there, having, as they say, uh, gone the game. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm looking I'm looking to get a little bit of sort of. Um, boots on the ground experience from you here in terms of what sort of things uh did you get to experience that we wouldn't necessarily have had through the um through the the the, the medium of tv and obviously uh before the the mics went live we spoke about one pre-match incident which has been covered on other um podcasts which we won't get into yeah. but i'm talking about in the in the stadium itself um uh last I heard in terms of uh, stuff that was covered um, in terms of actual, you know, reports from the stadium was gags. He was talking about, you know, just it was getting a bit late and they were queuing up because somebody wanted a point and not everybody wanted a point. But that was it. After that, it was just general uh, match talk between himself and Dave on on on, um, on old school. Right. Uh, so I haven't heard I haven't heard, you know, like I say, boots in the ground stuff from the stadium. I mean, what was what? Give me a couple of your takeaways, like the kind of moments that you can only get from actually being there. What a stadium. Really? OK, Honest, talk to honestly. us about that, because that, that I think that's going to interest people because, it, you know, is. It, so, some of the older view, uh, listeners might have been there back in its old iteration. Yeah, um, I've never got to never got to it before. Okay, it is today, but oh my God, what a stadium! Honestly, it's a joy to watch a football match in that stadium. It really is. You got you got room in front of you in that you're not cramped to the person in front of you. The view is spectacular. You're not again 
the person you're you're clearly seeing over the person in front of you you're not just seeing the touchline you're seeing the the literally the if there was a running track going around the pitch you'd see that as well it is a phenomenal venue as in not necessarily where it is but a phenomenal stadium to watch a football match in or to watch a, any sporting you know that they could play on that pitch you know or a concert or whatever it, you, you you cannot go wrong if you ever are lucky enough to have the opportunity to go to Wembley to watch a game of football go it is worth every penny honestly um, I can't and- praise it high enough in the in the in the terms of the view I mean then going on to the atmosphere because we know how to make an atmosphere Reds fans know how to make an atmosphere talk to me about about the fact that and Lisa Marie you will you confirm this for me because the from where the TV channel that I was watching it panned a lot around the ground obviously as you can imagine and over where the dugouts were um there seemed to be, you know, a lot of empty blue seats. Did you notice this, Lisa Marie? And I noticed uh, uh, it was probably maybe a little bit close to half time. Uh, the second half had just started, and I thought, how the fuck are they not? How did they not have these seats filled? Because even if they can't, and they could have filled them eighteen times over with Liverpool supporters, never mind, you know, Chelsea supporters. <laughs> but they could, they could, they could always have given seats to local kids, done some sort of community initiative. Did it seem to you like there were empty seats or was it, do you reckon that was just a halftime thing? Because it really struck me when I saw those empty seats. I don't, I don't remember noticing that. Um, I, no, I don't, but yeah. I, well, what, I, I what can't about say the, that I recall seeing that. I just remember how loud, I couldn't, I was just struck by how loud it was at the start of the match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah the crowd noise was just like, Wow. Well, that's full circle back to you, Cam, because you were just talking about the racket that we can make. And yeah. I mean, did you, for, uh, from your perspective, uh, you can uh, just mention the empty seats thing if it was a thing. Um, um, we, we 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 saw before the match started, before kickoff, there seemed to be a lot of empty seats in the Chelsea end, and then but at kickoff it looked like a full stadium. Eighty-five thousand were in the stadium, but I've been in there with ninety-five thousand before. I was actually at the uh, Liverpool Barcelona friendly. Okay, okay, right, right, right. right. Ninety-five thousand that day, and I think there was only about three hundred Barcelona fans in there. Also, isn't that mental? Isn't that? What is the capacity? It it was pretty much about ninety-five thousand. I think it was then. Well, here you go. I can I can one up that a little bit. Um, (laughs) When I went to a preseason match at the University of Michigan a couple of years ago, which was Liverpool versus Man United. The capacity for that stadium is over 100,000. I want to say it's like 104, 105,000, and it was at 101,000. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. There's so many angles here that I need to <laughs> tease out. First of all, it's a Liverpool pre season friendly. Yeah. Uh, so that's a remarkable turnout and a story. And yeah, it says a lot. The US. I mean, you know, that's what I mean. Because when do we get a chance to see, yeah. <laughs> but also, it's in the US. So, the, the, yeah, my, well, yeah. So, so my point says, but, but hang on, 
a university. So this is, are we talking about college ball here? University? Yeah, it's college. It's it's their football stadium, the University of Michigan, which is a but, but, huge but, university. I but mean, it's, it's college it's, football, right? Yeah, it's a college football stadium. And but do, yes. they, do, they, do they fill that? Obviously they do, or they want to build the fucker. So they, yeah. they oh, fill yeah. that with co- oh, for, yeah. for college football. Right, Cam, we don't get it, do we, over here? We don't get how massive college football yeah. is. No, not at all. Just, Actually, the University of Tennessee's football stadium is as big. My um, God. <laughs> I mean, it's I know it's huge, college football. It's, uh, you know, it's really well watched uh, in the US, isn't it? Oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's nearly as big as the NFL in terms of viewing figures. In some cases, well, or in some places, I should say, it's yeah. bigger yeah. Um, because not every, you know, not all places have NFL teams. I mean, we didn't have one here in Tennessee for, you know, years. Um, yeah. It was the mid 90s before we had an NFL team. So the college football, you know, that's where it was at. What is your local NFL team? Uh, the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans. I didn't know that. I just couldn't think of it. Um, so, okay. That's, I, I, I just want to add a correction. Sorry, it was nine, it's 90,000 capacity at Wembley. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, so if they had 85,000 there, um, it's pretty much a full stadium. So I'm not sure um, if that's something to do with uh, the way the corporates uh, is set up that they didn't have it at the 90,000. I don't know. So, um, something you'll have to ask Wembley, I guess, isn't it? The stadium where the FA Cup and, you know, where we won lots of trophies when Anfield South was being uh, done up and was closed for a while in Cardiff. Millennium. The Millennium Stadium. um, I I have it in my head that that used to hold 80,000. Am I right? I think you could be right. I'm just going to check it now. It's going to be around that. I think it was and and that always that to be honest i think that got undersold i thought that was a fantastic uh, uh we stadium not we but uh i thought that was a great place maybe because i associate with liverpool wins um but i can't see capacity here in this uh 74 and a half okay 74 and a half yeah, yeah it's, so, so it's, it's smaller than uh, old trafford so, yeah okay so 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 this you're gonna I mean, obviously, uh, over in the States, they just do things bigger. But you're going to notice uh, 90,000 fuckers around you shouting. And even if there was, what did you say? There was 80-something on the day, 85. Is that the attendance? Okay. 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 That's a a tremendous amount of humanity uh, crammed into one place. And did you get the feeling that there was uh, a, a majority of Reds? No, not really. Looking okay. looking at the stadium, obviously you can't really see across you. So yeah. if I was looking to the Chelsea end, I was looking to my right. Um, yeah. The Liverpool fans were more in front of me because I was in, as I was saying to you earlier, I was in line with the with the goal, exactly okay. on the on the goal line, uh, looking across the the post and the crossbar. Uh, so all the Liverpool fans, you know, were behind the goal, sort of in line with me, slightly to the left. Uh, the dugout was in front of me to my right, uh, slightly to the right. And then the Chelsea fans were obviously all the way over to the right. Um, so I could only see sort of uh, two thirds of the Chelsea fans. So I don't know how many Chelsea fans were coming around onto our side of the, the stadium, because obviously it's a it's a circular stadium all the way. You know, you, I, mm. I wouldn't be surprised if you can walk all the way around on on your level, if that makes sense. Um, so as to how many Liverpool fans and how many Chelsea fans, I couldn't tell you. All I can tell you is 
you knew the Liverpool fans were in there. You didn't know the that's, Chelsea fans that, were in there. That's the point, really, regardless, yeah. anyway, because we, we've all heard, and, and you know, it's something that I take a sense of pride from, and, you know, compared to an awful lot of people, it's only a handful of times that I've managed to be uh, at Anfield. It's a sizable handful. It's cost me a lot of money over the years. Mm. So, you know, it's 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 well into well into a decent amount at this stage. And yet, of course, if it's nothing compared to a season ticket holder who's had that season ticket for many years. But I always, regardless of that, I just have an affinity uh the match going supporter as a result of the times of being able to get over there and be part of it and have a feel for having a match day routine. I love all that. I'm, I'm very like that anyway. I, I, I get the feeling you are too, Cam. And even, well, even at home here, I have my own routines, but yeah. I love, there's nothing better than a match day routine. It's absolutely fantastic. I do love it. And I always feel as that, as you know, a sort of a, outsider match going match day uh, routine person a tremendous pride when I hear the traveling cop because our lot always just make a din wherever we go and you can hear our songs in full flight sometimes if we're being perfectly honest they're even louder and more forceful and more contributory to the atmosphere than they are in Anfield that can happen that can happen we have to be hold our hands up we have to hold our hands up and say that. that I'd say that. I'd say that for all away fans, actually. Yeah, because you you often hear the away fans in Anfield kind of trumping us, um, of and that's you know that can that 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 can sting a bit uh, yeah. until 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 Airlock get it right. So you're saying on the day, of course, uh, in Wembley, we had. Uh, we had a, a tremendous uh, uh, vocal uh, uh, presence, oh, yeah. Yeah. and 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 so I heard the songs recycled through and. I couldn't help but notice as well. I don't think everybody gets their fair shake. Do you know that kind of way? There are some songs, and I think it's just due to catchiness, perhaps, yeah. that are more common. Did you do you notice that on a match day that it's there's not there's no real egalitarianism when it comes to who gets sung uh, about. It's no, just I mean they just they just you know, somebody will start singing and it just gets, yeah 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 that's all it is. It's not like you know. You've got uh, an agenda. You're never, you're never not going to There's not a song list Sorry. where it's a program no, no, that you no, 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 down. No, no but, but you, you, you're, you're never not going to sing the Bobby song because it's fucking no, great. It's a catchy, right? it's a catchy song. It's easy, exactly. easy to sing along to. Yeah, Whereas yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Poor Scouser Tommy, which is probably the best song, it's a hard song to try and remember all that. I can't remember hardly any. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, I, I, I just sort of hum along and uh well, well there you go one, there... Two, you know i'll just quip in here and there sort of thing well there's um, a massive there's a massive part of match day uh uh routine for me and it's what got me into feeling like i really had a clue what was going on in the stadium was again and this is pub culture i do understand that it's not for yeah. everybody but we would go to usually the park beforehand yeah. yeah and there was always some lad standing on the table yes. leading everyone in the yeah. pub through yeah. all the songs and i think regardless of whether you like a drink or not that's just fantastic because yeah. you get to, you learn the fucking songs Cam. you learn the songs that way yeah right yeah. you do you learn the songs yeah. and then you go in and you know i remember like uh 
do you remember the Gary Mack for the Gary McAllister song from years ago? I mean, that was just oh, no, man. I don't remember it actually. Oh, dude, that's a just a, yeah. that's a belter. And so there's so many fantastic ones that I no, learned. They, they have. I, mean, yeah. I, I love I love the fields of Anvil Road. I just love that song. Yeah, yeah. It's probably my favourite song. It's the one I you know I like the Ale 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 as well. I think that's a great song. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I really do need to learn, like I said, Porskas Tommy, because that is the best song. Well, let's flip it around, Lisa Marie. Yeah. You're, you're like you're, you're the last in recent years. So you, you've had actually the benefit of all the new belters that we've had and some of the classics. So what are what are the ones that you love to hear when you're, you know, when we're in full flight? I, I like to hear the L.A., L.A., L.A. Yeah, that's one that's always kind of easy to pick up on, you know, through the TV coverage. Yeah, that one in the Bobby Firmino song are always, I think, the easiest ones to hear because um, yeah. sometimes I can tell they're singing, but I can't tell what they're singing. Uh, yeah, and that. I'm sure that depends on, you know, if the pundits are just, you know, talking and you can't really hear the crowd. So, yeah. So those are the two that I usually always kind of pick up on. And boy, I'm telling you, that Bobby Firmino song can be stuck in my head for two days after. A match. Well, I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you about that specifically. <laughs> Have you found yourself in your. Uh, current place of employee because we both had a chat about this we were, we were both like sort of um, uh, let's just say scoping out possibilities but in your current place of employee have you found yourself <laughs> going into into a day of work and uh, you're just sort of wandering through emails and then it's uh, something that the cop wants you to know and you're bashing <laughs> have you found that yes yes and this is you all trying to get me to sing on this podcast and it is i'm on to you both and it's not gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> I just I I find that one just and, and it's building up my head. <laughs> give it a, but you just want to give it. Full, but you know the new Diego, Diego Jada song is pretty catchy too. That one's great. That's tremendous. It's yeah, tremendous. I any and of that yet? Any of it? Or I asked. Did I ask you uh, both? Uh, or no, I didn't. I asked the guys in Raw. Um, they. In the immediate bloom of Luis Diaz arriving and being fucking brilliant and sort of making us all just smile from ear to ear, uh, the cop adapted the Luis Suarez song, the the old Depeche Mode tune, you know, where instead of Luis Suarez, it was Luis Diaz. And it's incredible. And what it was, Cam, you gotta admit, man, that was such a catchy, catchy terrorist song. It was because it was so simple, right? And you yeah. didn't have to remember lyrics, which, from what you're saying, um, suit would me to a T. Suit you to a T. Because <laughs> yeah. no more than, uh, listen, I'm exactly the same. Don't get me wrong. You just, it, any song that has as its as its lyrics, I'm up for that. You know, that's great. Yeah, Let's do that. I don't recall it being sun on Sunday though. I don't think it was. I think it was dropped. I think it was dropped, like, as they'd say around here, a hot snap, because I think there was a kind of pushback. It was like, hang on, that was Suarez's song. That was the Suarez song. You can't just... Give give the new guy his own. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's important. Like like Diogo, like Lisa Marie said, Diogo got his song. So let's give Luis Diaz a song. And man, it won't be long before he has one, I'll tell you that. Yeah, think of something. They'll drum something up, won't they? So... um... In, in the in the vein of wanting to talk about different aspects of the game, obviously we, we'll finish with the penalties. Um, that will be the thing that will take us over the line um, 
uh, in our chat here today. But I want to just get something from both of you. Like we always take a story um, where we sort of examine it a little bit and just talk about the thing that really struck us. And nobody will be surprised to hear that uh, for me, um, it was something that was I found it to be just pathetic. Uh, uh, and it was in the aftermath of the victory. And it was, you know, something that I looked at and thought, what a fucking tremendous image that was. And it was uh, our kids, uh, Lisa Marie's son, Harvey Elliott, uh, <laughs> ho- holding holding some pyro. Um, I, I called it a flare. Oh. I called it a flare in, in Twitter during the week. And I was told, um, it's not a flare. It's a smoke bomb. And I was like, well, thank you for fuck's sake. That's hardly the point. Sorry about my terminology around <laughs> pyrotechnics, fucker. Anyway, sorry, I got a bit, a bit excited there. Um, but but the point the point of it was okay, brain <laughs> the spirit of Brainchi compels me to get angry every so often. Um, I'm, I'm like the I'm possessed like the little young one out of the Exorcist. Um, but 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 the point is. I thought that was a fucking fantastic image. I can't think of a better image than a young kid, a boy, uh, roaring at the fans after victory, holding some pyro. Fucking fantastic red smoke coming out of it. That is everything I want to see. And apparently the FA wrote to him and the club wrote to him via the club about his conduct. And Look, like I said, and this is... This is now you can see why I picked the clip I picked at the start of the show. We really have to stop being so, so nanny state and so cosseted in the way that we approach things. He didn't do anything dangerous. There was nothing provocative about it. It was a boy having fun. And I'm sorry, I can't have it that it's anything other than that. And if you want to tell me, you know, about... uh, uh, fireworks and 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 and, and uh, accidents at Halloween. Uh, you know, I just come on, come on. Let's have a little bit of perspective. It's a moment of pure joy, and it it can't. I'm not saying it sullied anything, but for me, I found it very very difficult to uh, entertain it with a straight face and not get immediately dismissive in a way that made me seem like an old fashioned kind of a, uh, you know, when I were a lad, we used to play with glass and Mm -hmm. bits of steel (laughs) and, uh, juggle swords on our way to school, which we walked to barefoot across the mountains. And I don't want to sound like that guy, but come on, can we have a little bit of perspective? That was a moment of pure joy for me. Don't take away from the pure joy. Uh, and, and that's all I really want to say on that. Don't feel you have to comment on it either. If you I don't want you to feel you have to go out and a limb on it. Uh, but um, feel free to also do so if you want. But your takeaway story, Lisa Marie, the thing that really sort of resonated with you. And by the way, that's not the thing that the win resonated with me. But that was the that was the little kind of quirky story I want to pick up on. What was your one from the victory on Sunday? Um, I mean, are you talking the aftermath or during the game or whatever? You 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 just go for it. What when when when, when okay. the Reds won the well, you know, I'm going to have to talk about my fourth child, Harvey Elliott again. There you go. There's Harvey. When he went and stood up to um, Kai Havertz, you know, to defend Trent, 
And yes. then when Millie came and drug him away like his dad, <laughs> I was dying. Uh, that was so good. I knew you were I knew, right at that moment. I was thinking Lisa Marie's loving this. And, 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 you know, the main thing was the intervention in Miller. That really made it, didn't it? That oh, really it made did. It. it absolutely. I mean, it was great that he did it. I mean, even him just going to do that, you know, I mean, that just took... Wow, gumption, you know, because I mean, Kai Averts is what, like a foot taller than him? I don't know. I mean, yeah, it, it looked, yeah, yeah. Looked pretty significant, but yeah, but but the 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 icing on the cake was was James Milner coming over and, and dragging him off, and then turning around and kind of doing exactly the same thing. It was. That's the thing. I loved it. That's the thing. <laughs> no, nobody wants to see Jimbo acting like that and taking him away. If he doesn't, then turn around and go, and if you ever lay a finger on my fucking son again, because <laughs> you know, that's exactly what he did. And I just, that to me was like, that was full, full Jimmy Miller. And if and you I, go, I actually went back and watched the whole thing, um, because then you later see, I mean, like, you know, James Milner hauls him off and he kind of like knocks him. And I think Mo's the one who kind of like, truly takes him away from this situation so so the adults got involved um yeah no, that was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah but these are the, these are the little details and that's what i love that's why i love doing shows like this because you get to go back and revel in them and you know you mentioned one i don't know cam if the mics had gone live or not but you mentioned one from the penalty shootout um i think dave described it as uh, Virgil looking over his shoulder and, and stealing Kepa's yeah. soul, which I thought was a good phrase. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. For, but for me, it was just that moment. That, that was just an old talk about, you know, alpha male stuff aside, because, you know, whatever. That has its place in, in sport. It absolutely does. And if you, if you don't believe that, you're kind of lying to yourself. But what I loved about it was just was just the attitude of it. And the way that he, uh, it's like, it's with Virgil van Dyke, he takes everything so personally. Like if you make him sprint, he fucking hates you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if you, if you make him stretch, fuck you fella yeah. that made me stretch, you know, and this is why I, this is why I, I, I idolize Virgil van Dyke. Everything that the opposition do is a personal affront. And when he does things like head the ball back to himself or just sort of reluctantly outpace some lad and then just sort of look over at the sideline like, fuck off, you know? <laughs> this is this is, this is is why I watch football. These are the moments of joy I was talking about last week. But that's just me bringing it back to you. Uh, you know, as the man on the man on the spot, talk to us about a couple of minutes that moments that really really stuck to you, and do remember that we're going to finish with the penalties just to see us. Okay, out. sure. Um, the Mendy save from Mane, that was ah, oh, it was. Just... Say that again because Siri talked over you because Siri, oh, right, my computer's been an arse. All oh, right, okay, nice, and just Siri. kicking in for no reason. So the, the, the you said the Mendy save, the Mendy save, the Mendy save from Mane. Okay. That was just unbelievable. What a save. Give the man the, the credit he deserves for that. You know, I mean, it was just a phenomenal save. I mean, Gags was said at the time, um, he thought it was the defender blocked it. But then we actually got, I think they showed a replay in the stadium and it was like, oh shit, it was the keeper. And it was like, wow, what a save. So give give the man credit for that. Um, you know, was, you know, Mane couldn't have really done much else because it was instinctive. He, he just had to hit it first time. Um, he couldn't really hit it anywhere else because the 
the defender was slightly to the right, so he had to hit it in that gap. And for Mendy to get back there and make that save was just like, wow! I was on my, I was a little, I had my head, uh, head in my hands. Um, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm I was crashing down, and it was yeah. just like, wow, the hell! You were like, l- like yeah. your, like your daughter's video, basically. Uh, not as bad, but not far off. Um, <laughs> I, I love no, that you've gone the there. I didn't have as much room. So, um, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, I do love that you've gone there because you've given us a brilliant segue into the penalties. Because obviously, um, noted um, serial killer Tommy Tickle went full galaxy brain and decided oh, yeah, to yeah. bring on uh, Keppa, uh, our uh, combined favorite um, uh, bad guy stroke punching bag stroke uh, pantomime villain um, for the penalty shootout. And I want to finish on this topic because it's just a just a cornucopia of of delight and drama and horror and joy. Um, and I can't imagine, man, what it was like to actually be there when it was happening in front of you. Because with the, I don't know, I suppose maybe it's the same. Maybe I guess you can do the same people do. But when you when you're in the place, you want it. You want to watch it. It's like these dopes who you see watching concerts through their phone, and you're going, yeah. "What the fuck are you doing, you imbecile?" So, so when you, you, when you're at an event, you want to be at it. So I presume you don't look away, right? I I look away because it's on TV and it feels a bit no. more throwaway. You don't look away. But you don't look away. So I have a question away. for you: Did you watch the penalties? It, did you watch the little man kicking the little ball or did you watch the big screen and was it on the big screen live or was it only replays um, on the big screen I couldn't tell you because I was watching the little man kick the ball <laughs> okay okay brilliant okay uh, brilliant well, in that, that just, case, it was the big man kicking the ball the big man kicking yeah. the ball yeah, so um, talk, yeah. Talk, talk, talk to us about your your experience with the penalties I'll get Lisa Marie's and then I'll, uh, I'll, I'll we'll take it out of here well we, we started with I think in um, what who was going to be the first five. So we sort of, we knew Milner would be taking one. We knew uh, Mo would be taking one. We, we thought, uh, I think Jota was on the pitch as well. Was Jota on the pitch at the time? Yes. Yeah. 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 So, so we thought Jota would take one because he, t- you know, he obviously scored the winning one against the against Leicester, didn't he? Uh, so we thought he would take one. Um, who else did we think would take one? Um, uh I figured Fab would take one. Yeah, we knew he was Fab taking would take him one while Mo was out. Yeah. Um, there was someone else we thought would take one, and we and we didn't get the five before because obviously Trent took one in the first five, and um, was Virgil in the first five as well? Yes. Yeah. So those two completely threw us, but we were still like, yeah, okay, that's fine. What I was like, we weren't really talking about anything after that. We were just watching and engrossed, and we were like, the only thing we said was when. Well, you know, um, Chelsea have got cheat codes because they got like two or three German players taking penalties and they never miss. So that's unfair. They shouldn't be allowed on the pitch sort of thing. You know, they should have been taken off. Um, <laughs> then we, we we were getting a little bit annoyed with Kepa's antics. And it got to about... Before I get to what I was going to say, I was going to say, we noticed the way Virgil... Well, I noticed the way Virgil was looking back over his shoulder at Kepa and I was like, yeah, he's telling him. Noticed the the you know really um, got into uh, Trent celebrating the penalty you know gearing up the fans. Um, Robbo the same. Robbo was full 
Braveheart, you know, you, you could feel it. Even up in the heavens, you could feel, you know. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Mo turning around and just smirking and laughing. Like, yeah, all right, lad. Like, you were going to save that. Um, you know, because obviously, Capo's doing the antics, you know. I mean, it would have been really interesting if the referee had sent him off or booked him because of what he was doing. Because can you explain can you can you explain to me why he didn't do either because uh, I came in on Monday morning to my place of work and a guy who had been a referee at sort of UEFA level um, okay. is the caretaker in our school right and he said to me what what in actual fuck was happening that the that the referee didn't after the initial reprimand, the second time around, didn't say, here's the yellow card, do it again, it'll be yeah. red. And then they'll have to put fucking, I don't know, Kante in goal or whatever. That's what <laughs> should have happened, well, Cam. It's absolutely madness. disgraceful. Not yeah. enough has been said about it. You can't do that shit. Yeah, and, and, he, and he literally did it for all 10, 11 penalties. 11 penalties. He, he, he did something. He just wanted to try and... Um, it was like that annoying fly that you want to swat away. And that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to be yeah. a pest. And and fair fair play if it works. Because if you can get away with it and it works, perfect. You've done what you, you set out to do. Well if you're if you if you're if you're being led away with it, Cam again, like yeah. I used to to keep the theme going, I used the, the school teacher analogy when I was talking to Jan about it. It was just reminding me of one of those ineffectual people that I occasionally um have encountered in my line of work where they just go, Oh, stop stop, stop, please stop doing yeah. that now. Stop <laughs> messing, stop it. Because uh, what like honest to God, just be firm and say little Stuart the, Little. The, the referee he I thought I thought the referee through the whole game was was average at best. And I'm mm. being polite with that. So I'm going to leave that because at the end of the day, let's not go too negative with what was a great day, ultimately. And um, so leading up to where I was going, I mean, obviously I mentioned this in the car pod afterwards, but it got to about the eighth or ninth penalty. And I said, this is going to go to 11 penalties. And I'll, I'll who, want. Who did you say that for? Who did you say that to? I, I said to it to Gags. Yeah, I said it okay. to Gags. I'm, I'm uh, going to do my research on this. Yeah, I said it on the <laughs> about the ninth penalty. I said okay. I want it. To, I want it to go to the eleventh penalty, or I hope it goes to the eleventh penalty, and I hope Kepa misses because he would have then cost Chelsea the cup. I said because of his antics, I thought mm. that would be the poetic justice of it all. And then Gags' cousin was with us as well, on the other side of Gags. So Gags was in the middle. And when it came to the the 11th pen, he goes, oh, I hope Kappa misses. And Gags turned around and said, Cam just said that about five minutes ago. Well, Cam, you have obviously proved yourself to be the mystic Meg of Liverpool supporters hmm. with your uh, Kepa shout. That is tremendous, man. And I'm delighted you got that right. And all the better when you say something in advance and it's proved to be true. you got to enjoy those kind of moments. But I am noticing we're starting to go a little bit towards the long side of things. So I want us to get um, towards the end here with you telling us, before I go to Lisa Marie, for her kind of penalty take, um, 
when the final whistle goes, man, and you're in the stands and you're in the you're in the Wembley atmosphere. That must have been pretty special. And of the final whistle, the post-final whistle moments, what's the thing that stands out to you? Is there something in any of the individual celebrations or or something specific uh, that you'd like to, 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 to draw attention to there before we, we head over to Lismore? I think because it was a penalty shootout, that moment when Kepa missed, you knew, obviously, that was the moment we won that very very moment so comparing it to the champions league final for example uh where i was very yeah. and very fortunate to be at you were building up to the final whistle you you knew it 2-0 it, it's done now and it's just like a question of waiting for that whistle and then enjoying the celebrations this was so much more um what's the word i'm looking for here um not necessarily emotional, but it was just like more wonderful. It was fraught. In a way. It was, you know, it was more. It was just fantastic. It was just like. Oh, so you mean you mean the payoff was more the, wonderful? The, yeah, the, I guess straight so. away. Yeah, yeah. Meant, you know, just more intense. Yeah, missed, yeah. You, it was it. We won straight away. Yeah. Whereas Champions League final, you're waiting for the final whistle. You know you've won it, but you're waiting for the final whistle. And so it was a different type of. Um, emotion uh knowing when you won the when you'd won so it, it just felt it felt uh i can't, I can't right it's so difficult to put into words it, it just felt more amazing at that moment you know you've you've won it and then it, it just carried on and then you know the 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 trophy lift seemed to take forever because obviously the chelsea chelsea players have to go up first to get their losers medals um Oh, yeah, yeah, let's say losers. Um, I'll stick with that. Um, Second place medal. No, losers. So, um, some petty bitch. Absolute losers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Runner up medal. Losers. So, losers. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> you're waiting forever and forever. And then I noticed the kid. We were, we, you know, oh, uh, next to Alistair. Kid. Yeah, yeah, Alan like, kid. Yeah. 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 We we're, we're like, who's that kid? I said to Kex, who's that kid? And he goes, I don't know. I said, maybe it's Alison. I thought Alison got a son that age. I don't know. I see. He goes, no, no, no he, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. <laughs> Some like, random okay. kid. Some random kid. Who's the kid? Nobody knew who the kid was. Obviously, we're on the other side of the stadium. We can't see anything from there. So, um, obviously, then the trophy lift. You don't, we didn't really feel that, you know, when they lifted the trophy because we couldn't see it because it was so far away. It didn't really feel that. But then, obviously, when. The, the the players came down down onto the pitch and then were you know Joel was doing his antics and Simicast was doing his stuff pretty much in our corner where we were we were that was great Verge telling he's a lunatic go back, he is a lunatic go back, that lad go back do another one go back do another one go back do another <laughs> yeah, one yeah, yeah. it's just like yeah brilliant and then and then when Minamino was doing it, it that was great because I love that guy. I love Minamino. I just want him to be at Liverpool Football Club forever and a day. I want him to be the James Milner of Liverpool Football Club and just stay and never go. You know, I just think there's something great about Minamino. You know, I think he's just a wonderful asset for Liverpool Football Club. I genuinely do. And uh, I've got so much time for him and just want him to be a huge success. And I think he's shown that this season and what obviously he did midweek and uh, the role he played in 
helping us get to the final. And even uh, Jurgen Klopp mentioned Minamino saying, look, you know, at the end of the day, you, you, you can either choose to be at football club to play a lot of games, but not win anything, or you can be at a football club and contribute and win something and win things. And that's what Minamino is. And I love that. I love that he got to hold that trophy and celebrate with the fans. And we appreciate him. And, you know, we love him. So, um, but then just to finish it off with, from, from myself, the, the, what was the song? One, one kiss, did you say? So, you know me and music. Yeah, the Dua Lipa song. Yeah, Dua Lipa. Kiss, yeah. We don't go together. Um, although I have discovered Swed- Swedish House Mafia this week for some bizarre reason. Or even though I've known about him. <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> madness, isn't it? So uh, they're quite good, actually, aren't they? But yeah, when One Kiss was going off, that was phenomenal. That was the icing on the cake for the whole day. That was the icing. It was just literally the hairs on the back of your net were, were iron because the players were part of it. The, the fans were yeah. part of it. And you could just, it was just like we were actually at that moment we were one. No, that's a faithless song, isn't it? No, but yeah, it's... we were we were one. Actually, at that moment, you know, the players, the fans, you know, the support staff, everybody around it, the FSG. Let, let's give them some credit as well. Um, we we were together at that moment. That we were totally, totally one. Wonder, wonderful. Uh, delighted to have, like I say, the Boots in the Ground report. It makes a big difference to the show and people will enjoy that. And uh, cheers to that, Cam. And, you know, yeah, you're right, man. That was that was a cool moment. That was one of those sort of like hairs on the back of your neck moments. And uh, there were lots of them at the end, actually. And, you know, it's great that it made the fans of other clubs cringe. Um there was the the uh, post match uh, dressing room footage of Pep Linders with some serious moves. Yeah, uh, yes. yeah, yeah. He learned them from me. It's that he's got. He's yeah, oh, yeah. He learned them from you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he had some serious moves, and he was he was. But but listen, listen. Re- realistically, there is no one, and there is nothing that sums up the victory better than uh, uh, Pete Kraviets coming across in the middle of that dance video from the uh, dressing room it with the same Pete Kraviets expression no smile he looks like he's absolutely murdered about seven people and buried the bodies under your house <laughs> and he's just coming into the, he's coming into the shop he's 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 doing his dad dancing Klopp was doing his dad dancing but Klopp Lisa Marie also did something a take uh he was improvising he was riffing uh like a like a proper rock star uh we know and we're familiar with because it's one of the best things of recent times in terms of that connection that he started when he started at the club when he brought the fans to the away end against west brom and we had drawn and a lot of proper reds were going fucking don't be celebrating that what are you doing that's just embarrassing but he thought he thought well that was worth celebrating. We did something there, and we did something with this shit squad. Which, like, let's be honest, uh, and he has had this connection from the start. And we've seen in recent times this wonderful uh, three fist pumps to the away to to the home fans, usually the home fans, occasionally to the away fans, uh, and it it's a it's a 
fucking great thing. I love it. It really gets me um, hyped up, I have to say. I love it. It's a beautiful moment of connection. Cam was talking about that connection, uh, about being one and feeling that connection. And that is something that he's doing. And he's like a, like a kind of a shaman. And then on the day, on the final, he seemed to take the trophy in his right hand, which is usually his fist pump hand. And unless I did my sums wrong, Lisa Marie, he seemed to do nine separate fist pumps in the kind of famous uh, uh, um, post uh, 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 European Cup win where he did the one, two, three, four, five, six kind of uh, famous little bit of video. He's hyper aware of this shit. And it seemed like to me that he was drawing attention to it, to the fans. And that's why I love him because, yeah, he's the nicest man in the world, but he's also a massive wind up merchant and he's absolutely died in the wall. And uh, you've got to love that. Yes, yes and yes. Um, yeah, he does. He knows he knows he has that connection with the fans, with the crowd, with, you know, with everyone. And that the the thing with the trophy of celebrations was phenomenal um the whole thing i mean it all i i love all of that stuff um you know i'll immerse myself in all the footage and everything for days afterwards yeah and, and you yeah. know just to, to catch all of that i i do absolutely um enjoy it but to just kind of go back to the penalties so i can have my little say the one thing that we really haven't talked about and i know it's been talked about all week but you know is the absolutely phenomenal way that Queevee and Kelleher conducted himself through yes. the shootout. I mean, I have never seen such composure. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was, you know, and we talked last week about, you know, what, how, you know, we touched on the topic of, you know, did we think it was right that he was going to play in this final? And, and I absolutely agreed with it all along, you know, both for, kind of the sentimental reasons, but also he had earned his place. And I think if nothing else, not just the penalty shootout, but the whole game, because he made some fantastic saves during the match to keep us in it. And I think if he, you know, he absolutely shut up anyone who doubted that he deserved to be there. Um, But yeah. And then his own penalty was just way to go. Absolutely oh, and this is a kid. This is a kid who is. He's 23. He he only turned 23 just sort of before the year turned. I think it's. It's, I think November, it's November, I think November. 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 December. Right. Something like that. And uh, so, in other words, he's just 23. Like he's 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 a very young 23. And to do that, you're you're so right. Like the self possession of that of that fella. Uh, it's almost comical, isn't it? Do you, do you do you not find that as well when you see him being interviewed? You're like, he's like, it's not, it's not normal the level of calm that he has. <laughs> you know what I mean? He he's is just very so, calm. He's, he's so laid back, and he's so um, very much what when I was growing up, a Liverpool player was. Um, he doesn't say anything controversial. He talks about taking it one game at a time. He doesn't have any edge on him about how he's better than anybody else. He's very, very humble, humble to a fault almost. Uh, and yet he is bloody tremendous at what he does. I'm, I'm so glad you went there because I, I, I think I think it's a, a suitable note for, for us to, 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 to finish on. Unless 
There was something else you wanted to say about the, the penalties. No, but, but in keeping was. with my queeving theme, I mean, the, the fact that, I mean, you know the rest of the team, you know, is completely agree with that. And the fact that, you know, Jordan Henderson made a point of making sure that, you know, he had pictures taken, you know, that was just him with the cup because he absolutely earned, you know, that time, that place, and, and that victory. And, um, yeah, I think it was great. So that was kind of one of the things in, in the celebrations. I mean, just, you know, you could see that, you know, his his teammates were, were giving him, you know, all the credit in the world for getting them, you know, to that win. And, and he absolutely deserved it. Yeah, as well they might and as well he deserved. And uh, that's, a, like I say, a properly uh, opposite note to end, I think, on um, because it is getting very late in the day and we should allow uh, Lisa Marie to get back to her afternoon and Cam to his evening. And um, we'll start wrapping it up here by saying that we really do appreciate your ears when you wrap them around the Anfield Index podcast. Lisa Marie and Cam and, and myself, we do our best just to have a completely non-pretentious, uh, non-specific uh, in terms of trying to be match analysis or stats-based stuff, a chat, but come at it from the perspective of being uh, just died in the world supporters, which the three of us very much are. So we appreciate your attention when you give it to us. If you think somebody else in your life might in, uh, enjoy the show, then please do pass it on to them. We're always gratified when we see the amount of people that listen. Um, we'd be more gratified if there were more of you. And the channel is changing in its structure. Uh, I see no reason why this show shouldn't grow on the back of that. So please do consider telling us uh, telling your friends about us or telling your red the red in your life uh, there's not a bad show I heard there the other day uh, some Irish lad uh, some lad who's always uh, threatening uh, the listeners and talking about Tories and <laughs> some um, some mellifluous uh, uh, American lady who uh, you just do whatever she tells you uh, step out of the plane. Please step out of uh, the plane. <laughs> there you go. We need to record these. <laughs> Maybe as good as a singing. <laughs> yeah, which we still don't know about. So I have been Trev Downey. That was Lisa Marie Hannahan. That was Cam Branch. And we will see you again next time. I better say look out for your fellow Reds and stay safe out there or Lisa Marie will kill me. But do <laughs> look out for your fellow Reds and do stay safe out there and up the four trophy reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows.
Sports Social Podcast Network.